very yeah. honest and stuff. I'm useless with anything to do with the... Uh, Honestly, I'm not super experienced with Zoom either, so <laughs> I think we're going to make it work. We're good. Yeah, okay, good. so we are live in our Facebook group. We're here with Salima, is it Kadawi? How's your Kadawi, last yes. Salima Kadawi from SFT Animal Sanctuary in Tangier, Morocco. So we're super excited and honored to have her here today with us to share a little bit about what she does and the vision behind what she does. So thank you so much for being here, Salima. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's wonderful of you. Awesome. So to start, can you just tell us a little bit um, more about SFT Animal Sanctuary and what your vision and mission behind it is? Okay. Well, first of all, just so that you know, I, I was born here in Morocco. Okay. And we've always had strays all over the place. And when I was eight years old, in my neighborhood, there were many, many stray dogs that I used to feed. And there was this lactating mum in particular, I named her Donita, because at first, at first I thought she was a boy, and then realized so she was Tony. So she became Tonita when I realized she's a girl. <laughs> and she was puppies. And I fed mum and all the other dogs around. And then one day, somebody in the neighborhood complained. So the authorities turned up and put poison everywhere. Oh, no. And I never forget that image of seeing Tonita dying oh. and the puppy trying to suckle. Oh and God. I promised myself as a child that I would change my country. That it wasn't possible that we humans could possibly do such a, such a terrible thing. Uh, especially, you know, Morocco is a very spiritual country. And, uh, you know, people go to mosques, they pray, they, they fast, and all of that. How is it possible that a country that does all those things kill uh, dogs that dog God has created? Right. So I promised myself that as an adult, I would uh, take them all home. Then I became a teenager, and did teenage stuff. Then I had to do my studies, and then I went to, uh, I went to uh, Spain first, and then went to Cambridge, and then I became, got married and I had a daughter. And this time I came to Morocco, uh, reminding myself I have to do what I said I would do. And my daughter used to tell me, Mom, please do something. I said, don't worry, as soon as you're old enough, I'm coming back to Morocco, and I, I'm going to do the sanctuary. And that's exactly what I did. So I came back in 2012 uh, and I started uh, work mainly on the streets. Feeding straight. Then I found a place to rent and I took all my babies to that place. And eventually there was this guy who said, I love the work you do. And he bought the land and uh, the place where we are now to build a sanctuary, which is great. And, you know, we, it got to a point where I realized I couldn't take all the babies home. We've got an estimated 30,000 stray dogs in Tangier and even more cats, plus all the donkeys that are dumped all over the place. And so, you know, we have over 500 animals in the sanctuary and that's between dogs, cats, donkeys. We even have two wild boars, uh, two monkeys, uh, uh, disabled stalk, uh, disabled birds. A little bit of everything. Um, 
bunny rabbit, you name it. <laughs> They're all amazing. You know, truffle, you know, truffle the wild boar, she was a baby. She was bought by children when she was a baby and they, they wanted to sell her, sell her to us. And of course, getting angry with people doesn't change mentalities, but explaining to people does. So I explained to those children, how would you feel if somebody caught you in the forest when you're a tiny child and took you away from your mum? Right. That's how you, you change mentalities and educate people. Then I realized that, you know, uh, I couldn't take everybody home. I would love to take every animal on this planet home. Um, so we came up with the project Hayat. And Hayat in Arabic means life. Oh. And the project Hayat is, why did we choose the name Hayat? Two reasons. Hayat meaning life. So for humans who don't like animals, and the ones that don't like animals is because they've never experienced animals. Right, they've never had contact with them, they never had pets. Exactly. Anyone who's had a dog knows how wonderful a dog is. Yeah, how amazing. Exactly. Um, so, uh, but we use the word payet because rabies is a big issue here in Morocco. Mm -hmm. And the way to convince everyone is uh, the project Hayat is to protect, eradicate rabies, to put, protect both humans and animals, and for humans and animals to live in harmony. Now in this country where, you know, people wouldn't touch dogs, fear of disease, uh, when you go and explain, they're treated, they're neutered, they're vaccinated, there's no danger to the public, I deliberately kiss them in public, let them lick my face. Uh, and when people see that, they realize, wow, well, if she's letting this dog do that, then it's true, that dog is no danger to me. Right, exactly. You're leading so, by example and they prefer to do it themselves. Absolutely. Uh, I used to go to schools by myself all the time. In between, you know, I'd stop outside of school, say, excuse me, can I just come in for a few minutes to educate children? Uh, now we've got a full-time employee who goes to schools every day since September, oh, every nice. school day. And uh, she's educated over 15,000 children so far. Wow. We have an employee who's on the streets educating people, going not just on the streets, but to public places. We put posters up everywhere about what a tag dog means. Of course, we don't want to encourage children to run towards a tag dog and think, oh, it's okay to cuddle because they might scare the dog and the dog might have a bad reaction. So the most important factor now is for people to accept the tag dogs and for them to understand the only way to eradicate rabies is to keep the dogs in the territories. That those dog, dogs have a job to protect us against disease. We have a job, we need to protect them as well. Uh, so uh, that's what nature's all about, it's an ecosystem. We all have to look out for each other. Exactly. And, I remind, yeah, and I remind everyone that uh, the most important thing about any religion, including Islam, is to help. And exactly. is to help uh, humans, animals, or planet. Exactly. That's our job. When you were saying that, how you couldn't understand how such spiritual people didn't feel compassion or empathy towards animals, I, I really relate to that because I have family in Chile and South America. My husband is from Mexico, and so we've been there multiple times. And they're such, warm people right they're very loving people a lot of them are very spiritual too 
but with animals because they've never had them and there's so many animals in the street it's a completely different mindset right there's kind of apathy towards it and yeah for anyone who's spiritual who believes in god who believes we're stewards of this planet i mean our living beings animals are a huge part of that so exactly it's it's so important to educate people with empathy exactly yeah big example big example exactly Uh, when i first started uh, everybody thought i was crazy uh here in tangier and and i'm so happy because there are more and more charities around the country and a lot more people are getting involved in helping the animals and this is the moroccan community and i'm so pleased so so pleased and um, i just say you know everyone can help. Yes, it is a poor country and 60% of the population cannot write or read. And that is something to take into account. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really important. So, um, yeah. Oh, there's so much cruelty. A lot of people do not realize that tying up a dog is wrong. They think it's totally acceptable. Their father did it, their grandfather did it. Mm-hmm. So they think it's totally acceptable. But then when you explain to them, would you like to be tied up? Would you like to sleep next to William Pooh? Would you like flies eating you up and you can't escape? Right, and then you make people feel that. And it changes mindsets. And, exactly. and one thing that I'm really proud of, our village is a very poor village uh, where the sanctuary is. And uh, most dogs were tied up when we first went there. Uh, no shelter. Now you go there and you have the dogs following the owners oh. because we've treated, neutered, the dogs and educated them and explained and the difference is amazing absolutely amazing wow. but it's uh, being a role model and uh, making sure that's what i keep asking people here in morocco they say how can i help so, go out on the streets and educate people be an example to follow show people right so would you say that's probably the biggest thing that each and every one of us um can do is just educate people to just have a little more love and compassion towards them at the start, right? Absolutely. And that is incredibly rewarding. Because, you know, for yes. an extremely poor family, they're going to think, what should I care about my donkey? And mm. I explain to them, what's the better for your donkey to see you and come towards you, all happy to see you and healthy? Or a donkey that's really scared and terrified of you, knowing that he's going to have to carry all that weight and be mistreated. Right. And, um, of course, uh, in, in, in Islam, a donkey was created to help humans to carry weight. So I explain, uh, for instance, this really, really old man, really old man, had his weekly shopping and he was on top of the donkey. And the donkey, poor baby, could hardly walk. Mm-hmm. My reaction seven years ago would be to shout. My reaction this time was I got 100 dirhams, which is about $10, pulled. I drove in front of him, got out of the car, and I gave him, I asked him, could you please get off the, the donkey with the $10 in my hands? And I said, this is God rewarding you. Oh, wow. He looked at me, and I said, you, you're a very old man, and you struggle to walk yourself, and you need your donkey, understand that. You need to understand that your donkey cannot take your weight and the way to be shopping. Ever since that day, that man, when he has a shopping, walks behind a donkey. Wow. So it really impacted him. He thought about it. Okay, I get it. 
for it depends who you're talking to and level of education We're supposed to be helping animals and people, of course, simultaneously. But we have to understand the connection that it's not separate, right? It's public health. It means human, animal, and environment health. So for us to be healthy, the animals around us must be healthy, and our environment must be healthy. So contaminating the water is unacceptable. Having sick animals is unacceptable. Having sick humans is unacceptable. It all goes together. But we are the ones who have the duty of care and making sure of it happening. And that's exactly. The, that's the we have a higher level of responsibility because we are the ones who can steward this earth and we're the ones who are destroying it so we can fix it. Absolutely, and we have to fix it. We um, don't have long to fix it. So I know. We have to fix it. Absolutely, yes. We need to raise at least the level of consciousness in that area of how everything is connected. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you said Project um, Hayat that is helping eradicate rabies and it's also neutering and spaying animals on the street. How many animals do you, do you know how many animals approximately you treated over the past seven years or so? Okay. So uh, since we started, well, we've done uh, we've done thousands since we first started, but that's including the animals of the sanctuary and animals belonging to poor families. But the project Hyatt only started two years ago. Okay. And uh, tag dogs, we've done over eight hundred now and over three hundred cats. The thing that people need to understand is we only received funding from uh, the foundation of Brigitte Bardot, and she contributed towards one hundred and sixty female dogs, which is great. Mm -hmm. All the rest is I spend my life begging, begging and begging and begging. We feed over 1,500 animals a day. Wow. That's incredible. Provide, yeah. We have people calling us all the time uh, regarding their pets. They can't afford a vet. So they go to our vet and we cover the bill. So our expenses are huge. Right. It's about 4,000 euros a week. So about... Wow. I don't know how many dollars that is. Uh, it's 40,000? Oh no, $4,000. The euro and the dollar is more or less the same now, isn't it? No, euro's higher. I think it's about 1.5 for the Canadian dollar. So okay, well, 4,000 euros a week. Yeah. Uh, and feeding the animals and paying vet bills and paying street guardians because whatever we have tag dogs, we pay street guardians to look out for them uh, unless we have volunteers. Uh, but the, the street guardians are like spies and they keep us informed of everything going on and uh, the culling is still taking place but not without techniques. We want the culling to stop completely. Mm -hmm. Constant battle, but we will get there. Yes. Uh, because every dog they kill, that dog will be replaced by another dog. And this is what the authorities need to understand. The reason we have three million dogs in Morocco is because Moroccans are very clean indoors, but they're very dirty outdoors. Reason number one. Whatever with humans, 
there's trash. Whatever there's trash, there's food. So we have two choices. Having healthy dogs and do the project Hayat around the country mm. or carry on like savages, giving a terrible name to the country, culling dogs, continue with rabies cases, not only human but also animals, and as you know, rabies kills. Uh, what I even say to them sometimes, I say, do you want us to, let's kill all the strays in Morocco, let's kill them all. Then we will have the proliferation of rats. And then we, the humans, will also die because they will go into our water, our tap water, our drinking water, and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, and that's how you reason with different people. Right. Uh, this is the solution. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like actually, mm -hmm. this would spiral out of control if we did this, and then this would happen—the ripple effect, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, how many people do you have on the team at uh, SFT Animal Sanctuary? How many of them are you that are all helping with these different uh, projects? I'm incredibly lucky. Until two years ago, we were only two, three people, and now I have amazing volunteers and. I have uh, several employees, which is an absolute necessity because the charity is growing so much. More and more people are aware of us, more and more people ask for our help. Mm -hmm. uh, but of course, it's so, it's money, 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 money. Yeah. You have to find the money. And this is why we're we spend our lives uh, Oh, hi, sorry, it cut out. <laughs> okay, okay, I don't know where I was. Um, the last couple of minutes I couldn't hear because it was all fuzzy and then it completely just cut out. I'm sorry about that. Okay, well, what I was saying is what goes around comes around. Until two years ago, uh, you know, when I sold everything, I had nothing left. I thought, how am I going to feed the animals next week? And it's just incredible. People... Are helping. It's like this office that we've got. Every single piece of furniture has been donated. That's uh, incredible. More and more and more people are helping. Uh, we are incredibly lucky, but we need, you know, we need a lot more help. I just want to make Tanger the first city rabies-free and animal-friendly in Africa. Wow. And I know we There's can no do it. No rabies-free cities in all of Africa. Yeah. And, and imagine, because we are the door to Africa, aren't we? We're right at the top of Africa. I mean, we, Spain is only uh, 14 kilometers away, 10 mm -hmm. miles away, 10 miles away. Um, if we did achieve this, uh, it would be huge. And it would make the rest of the country follow suit. Exactly. Follow suit. So that's the whole point, because uh, saving animals is not, I don't just want to save the animals of Tangier. I want to save the animals of planet Earth. Exactly. And, uh, you know, the World Health Organization have said they want rabies eradicated by 2030. 
Morocco said they will do it in 2025. Well, the only way they can do it is with the Project Hayat. Because no matter how much they kill dogs, yeah. one female dog alone, if she reproduces and her puppies reproduce, she can have up to 60,000 descendants in six years. That is mind-blowing. Uh, for them, to, you know, even with the parvovirus, which kills a huge amount of puppies, it's all over the world, the parvovirus, but that's nature. You know, that's nature. Uh, yes, we take all the precautions, vaccines, but it's nature. Right. Uh, but uh, this is what I'm trying to make the authorities understand. There is no point in killing dogs. Let me work on my volunteers. I'm becoming friendly with the strays so we can catch them the humane way, treat them the humane way. So, you know, the following year, it's very easy just to go to their neighborhood and say, come here, my darling, and they come running. <laughs> and then my vet will give them all their annual booster and treat them and make sure everybody's healthy. And, uh, but it's a job that involves everyone, the Project Hyatt. And that's what I make very clear. And I tell the authorities, it's not just me, it's you. It's the community, it's all of us. We right, everyone has a responsibility. Yeah. But that's wonderful that you're starting to see people in the community change their perspective and start to want to get involved and see how they can help. Because I'm sure that, that's been a huge change and to kind of see that evolution there. Yeah, it's, it's a helping. huge thing. Yeah. It really is amazing. Yeah. So can you explain to us what the average day at SFT Animal Sanctuary is like for you? <laughs> well, the sanctuary itself, uh, I always describe it like a crazy place. <laughs> a happy place. Uh, what you can imagine with so many dogs. And then, one starts <laughs> and then they all have to start howling. I don't even try and stop them. I say, this is opera time. So, no, so, you know, even the puppies join in and they're all, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we feed them first thing in the morning, really, really early. Because, uh, you know, when they're indoors and then you let them out, they get really, really excited. So when they're really excited, that can cause fights. And really, really early, it's still dark. So we mm -hmm. put dog foods all over the place. Mm -hmm. We don't use dog bowls because that causes fights. We just put dog biscuits all over the place, except for puppies, obviously, or sick dogs. Then obviously they have their, their little bowls and they're separated from, uh, from the, the gang. <laughs> and uh, obviously the disabled babies also have their, their bowls because they're in the sand pit. So. Uh, and then you scuba scooping and getting all the disabled dogs on their wheels. And we've got 22 disabled dogs now. Oh, wow. And the disabled dogs as well, but, I mean, we've been on Euronews, Fox News, ABC News, you name it, because of our disabled dogs. Oh. Uh, and uh, to me, you know, uh, every life is precious. And for someone to say, oh, that dog's got, you know, it's paralyzed, waist down, he hasn't got a quality of life. I'm like, well, please come to the sanctuary and see for yourself. And the attitudes change completely when you see these yeah. dogs on their wheels running around and have a great time. and telling our fathers and you know lucky puppy she's a mascot and she's a right little monkey oh a lucky puppy <laughs> monkey she causes so much trouble but love it a bit and uh, her person you know she doesn't know she's disabled and she's one of the fastest dogs in the century and she's on wheels oh that's that's so, honestly the most beautiful thing i think about animals is that they really don't see their limitations, right? Like humans always see the limitations that we have. Animals just go for it and they're happy to be alive. Exactly, because life is so precious. 
And we humans tend to think that a human life is so precious. No, every life is precious. Exactly. Uh, so, and then you know, uh, if you the donkeys, the cats, the litter trays, the uh, treats, the you know, you, we have dogs who have leishmaniasis, so they need to be treated twice a day. They love their meds. We use cheese triangles. <laughs> so why do we do that? Because some so then sticking it down their throat. We don't, don't want them running around, so they come running, you just call their names, and they know, oh great, treat time, so they have their meds. Yeah. Um, uh, we have uh, dogs that need a bit of rehab, so they have their rehab, rehab done, you know, uh, physiotherapy. Uh, then we have kilos and kilos and kilos of booze to, to get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, uh, letting dogs out of the enclosure so they run around, let the donkeys mm -hmm. out of the enclosure so they can run around. Uh, it's a sanctuary, it really is a sanctuary. You go in there and everybody goes, wow. And it is wow because you see, there are no cages, there are no, because even the enclosures are huge. You know, they're like massive gardens. Right, they're about and, uh, They don't have a. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in my room, I have 40 dogs when I'm there sleeping with me. And, uh, wow. you know, it, it's great. I hardly have any room on my bed. I'm on the edge of the bed. But, hey, my babies are happy. That's what matters. Yeah. Uh, the dogs know their names. They all know their names, which is really good. Because at night time, when one starts barking, I just have to shout his name. And, and then that's it. He stops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we... Yeah. And we had the Dutch political party, animal party, who came to see us. And the oh. truth is, I was so busy, I didn't even realize who they were. And they've been to all sorts of sanctuaries and refuges all around the world. But when, when they came to SFT, they said they have never, ever seen anything like it. Oh. Every single dog knows his name. And that, you know, if I saw one causing trouble, another one I'd just shout his name don't you dare uh, Van Gogh or whatever and I'm Van Gogh with soaps mom's just told me off <laughs> uh, they so are my a, babies a big family they always my yeah. <laughs> yeah I have one human daughter and the thousands of uh, furry animal furry children <laughs> exactly exactly and I'm sure you love them all <laughs> absolutely and uh, they love me no matter what mood I'm in. The more teasing than my daughter, I can assure you that. Yeah. <laughs> you have the unconditional love, no matter what. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's unconditional love with animals. Yeah. And, uh, they always happy to you. And, you know, we do see terrible things time to time. And you feel completely heartbroken. Then you, you go to the sanctuary. All the babies that come running to say hi, and that puts a smile on your face no matter how bad your day was. Um, I can only imagine. Uh, that's what people need to understand. Exactly. So I can imagine even people visiting your sanctuary, one that can completely change their entire perspective. Um, about a year ago, me and my husband were in Thailand, and I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Uh, they're a pretty big sanctuary in Thailand called Soy Dog Foundation. And we, they're in Phuket, yes. in the southern, yeah, in the southern part of Thailand, and we went there for the day, and it was just incredible. I think they had about five or 700 dogs, about 300 cats, 
And a lot of the cats we visited, they were disabled. They had yeah. missing eyes from different diseases, missing limbs, but so happy to be yeah. alive. And it was just, I, I started following, I mean, I've always loved animals, but I started just following more sanctuaries to really see really tangibly what kind of work goes into this each and every day and how, you know, they started and how they're changing the culture, changing the city. Mm. So it's truly- It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Uh, most important work is the work I do outside the sanctuary. There's the ones in the sanctuaries, like I said to everyone, yes, they're the they're lucky babies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they're happy, safe, home, and they're very much loved. But like I said, I couldn't take them all home. So yeah. the work on the food is so much more important. And it's changing the future of the animals of Morocco. Yes. And, and that's what's so important. So um, I'm educating constantly. You know, when I take my disabled dogs to the beach, I do it for two reasons. One, because my disabled dogs love it. But two, to eat it. Right. Of course, people seeing dogs on a wheel, they come to me immediately. Well, what's happening? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, you know, and then, you know, you explain to them, because most Moroccans are scared of dogs. And that comes from the fear of rabies. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that comes, uh, and I explained to them, you know, God created you in a way, when you were two years old, you saw a puppy or dog or kitten, you ran to it. And the ones oh. that stopped you were the parents. And that's the way God created us. So, and your parents would say, no, 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 careful. And they were right. They said, no, 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 careful, because of fear of rabies. And this is why the project Hyatt is so important. And every time dog's a safe dog. And uh, the cats with a little clipped ear is a safe cat. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're seeing more and more Moroccan children playing with the dogs, uh, asking me to go to their neighborhoods to TNVT their dogs, to keep them safe from the culling. So yeah, I'm really, really proud of the project Hayat. And we also won that award, which is so huge, uh, from oh, uh, Global World Alliance, oh. and who voted for the World Health Organization and the World mm -hmm. Health Organization for Animals and the Disease Control Center. And we won for our contribution towards rabies north of africa eastern europe middle east and central asia wow that's incredible congratulations thank you that is awesome. uh, and that's what i keep telling the authorities here it's huge yes. so come on guys we look on the map yeah uh, we've got to keep Get going <laughs> we will eradicate rabies by 2025 but we need to keep going and people need to get used to dogs exactly you know, it's interesting. A lot of issues such as rabies, like you said, were, this is such a common thing in developing nations that oftentimes as humans, we just think it's not possible. Right? It's not possible to eradicate. This has just been the way of life for as long as we can remember. There's nothing we can do about it. But what you're doing is living proof that every effort counts. And once we spiral into changing an entire country, an entire continent, and eventually yeah. the world. And we have to believe that's possible. <laughs> Of course it's possible, and we are going to do it. We are going to do it. Um, uh, like I said, when I first started, everybody thought I was crazy. Well, now and now more and more people want to help. And uh, it's something I promised myself as a child, and I will not rest until I achieve my goal.
and yeah. uh, it's not my goal. It's, it's. I think it's my purpose in life. It's. So I think we all have this purpose in life, and the purpose in life is to do good, and to protect our planet and humans and animals. Uh, except that many humans don't realize that because many are selfish. They don't think about others uh, because they haven't seen. Uh, I come from a privileged family, but I was raised in a country where there was a lot of poverty. Mm -hmm. and that was a big eye opener. And I was raised in a country where there was stray suffering around me. And I'm blessed that both my parents are very compassionate people. And when I was 13, I had a tantrum for a pair of shoes. My father said, you have what you need, not what you want. And I had such a tantrum, he took me to the shoe shop and he asked me, he said, okay, fine, show me the shoes. So I did. And he looked at me and he said, shall I buy you the shoes or shall I buy shoes for that little boy who's outside and his bare feet? Wow. And the lesson of my life. I didn't buy the shoes, but that little boy had shoes. And that was the best feeling in the world. And I realized by doing good for others, which is not doing good, it's doing the right thing. It makes you feel so good. And that's exactly. the message spreading to people and it works. Exactly. Well, that's, that's an amazing lesson. You'd never forget that. Never, never, ever, ever. It's true though. It's me and my husband have, I mean, on this journey of entrepreneurship, um, cause I used to be a teacher and I love teaching in so many ways. I loved, it was very fulfilling as difficult as it was for different reasons. Me and my husband decided, you know, let's make our own business and try to create some kind of impact in the world on an even greater scale, right? Outside of, a, outside of four walls. And it has been the hardest journey <laughs> of our entire lives. But, and it's been, I think the most difficult trying to find what is that contribution there's so many problems in the world right there's i mean a mind-boggling amount of different necessities that any individual can help try and fix yeah. it's a matter of finding you know what are the gifts that we all have what are the skills we have what's the passion inside of us and how can we then give those away those gifts those skills to a cause that is very needed and one that is going to make a huge ripple effect of impact so yeah. that's super inspiring I'm just in love with what you're doing. And that's really why I wanted to talk to you because I can only hope that one day myself, anyone watching this does try and believe in themselves and make, make an impact to that degree, right? Oh, yes. We can all make a difference, every single one of us. And uh, like I said, what goes around comes around and that's what I mean. You know, I got to the point saying, how am I gonna feed my animals next week? And then more followers, more donations, more this, more the other, more worldwide recognition. So it happened gradually, it wasn't overnight, but- um... Right. Right, and that's something we all have to remember too, right? Along our achieving our goals. In the beginning, sometimes you don't see any recognition, like anyone following it, anyone caring about it, but it takes those small steps in everyday consistency. Um, one life at a time. Yes, <laughs> exactly. So what would you say is the most challenging part of what you're doing? What's the biggest challenge that you face 
Sorry, I can't. Cutting out. Can you hear me? I can't. Can you hear me now? Your voice is all funny. Oh, yeah, it's. Can you hear me? Are we good now? I'm so sorry. You're going to have to. But hang on, because I really. Yeah, I think it's my internet connection is being a little funny. Now I can. Okay, I think we're good. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, every now and then it goes into a little. Okay, <laughs> what was your question? Um, I asked, uh, what do you think is the biggest challenge that you face on a daily basis with what you're doing, with educating people, with treating the animals? What's the biggest challenge that you face? I'm sure there's many. <laughs> the authorities. The authorities. That's the biggest yeah. The authorities, because they want a quick fix. People complain about dogs, so their answer is, let's just go and put poison down. They don't poison attack dogs, oh. uh, but they poison dogs every day. Okay. And uh, yeah, to me, they, they're the biggest thing. And, so just trying to convince them that what we're doing is working and just be patient. Yes, 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 of course. I actually had them today in the office because a neighbor complained about, uh, about me, about dogs. Uh, and uh, so uh, they came in here and, uh, and the thing about the authorities, unfortunately, they're not very educated. I'm not talking, I'm talking about the level of authorities that came in here today because uh, one of them was saying, oh, no, no, the only solution is killing dogs. I said, we've been doing that for 50 years. And it's not working. And rabies for 50 years. Right. I said, we've had 3 million dogs in Morocco. How do you know that? I said, for every 33 humans, there's a dog. So the Moroccans may be very clean indoors, but they're very dirty outdoors. There's food available everywhere. I said this earlier anyway. But yeah, the authorities are the, the toughest ones. So I go to their offices all the time and I try and educate them. Because in Morocco, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not the same in your country. You have, in, in this city, you have what's the governor, and then be, below the governor, you have like uh, seven district responsibles, and below the seven district responsibles, you have like 10 responsible of each of those seven districts, and then below that, you've got, <laughs> so you've got to convince people, <coughs> and uh, without insulting them, Right, uh, and build a genuine connection and just... Exactly, it's, uh, and uh, obviously a lot of these people have uh, no compassion whatsoever towards animals, they don't give a damn. Uh, to them a dog shouldn't be seen. And uh, so you have to deal with each, with each member of the authority in a different manner. Uh, some of them actually congratulate me and call me to rescue dogs. So, oh, well, progress, big, big progress. <laughs> progress yeah. uh, some others, like this guy this morning, um, he's like, oh, we should kill all dogs. And then I looked at him and, and said, who created the dog? And he right. said, God, who gives you the right to take that life? Right. That's the reason why they're here. Why <laughs> that was it. It was quite after that. Exactly. There must be a reason why they're here. Why would, you, why would God create them if they're garbage? Exactly. No, is... If you're in a neighborhood, and let's say in that neighborhood you have 
300 humans living, right? And you get five people complaining about dogs. That's sufficient for them to go and poison those dogs. Wow. That's crazy. It's just great, yeah. And with that, people presumably complain all the time. We're going to make it stop. Yeah. We're going to make it stop. I never criticize the authorities online. I never will. I say it's wrong, the culling. I also say it's fear of rabies and to try and reduce the canine population. But I always post in a way uh, that I'm showing the authorities care about uh, the humans, public health. But they just need to understand that right. public health is animal health as well. Right. Exactly. So it's great they're caring about the human health, but let's just add this, add this piece to it with the animals yeah. as well. Absolutely. Well, I am rooting for you and I hope I know that you'll continue to educate them and soften their hearts over time that will happen. But it's it's a journey, right? But it's a journey, but we'll get there. I'm yes. positive we'll get there. And, uh, and hopefully we will be the first city rabies free in Africa. Uh, I'm very stubborn. I want every city in the world to be rabies free. I don't wish rabies to anyone. Right. But culling takes place hugely in Africa and it has to stop. It has to stop everywhere. Uh, yeah. Dogs are precious, precious animals and we need to look out for them. Right. Yeah, it's, it's common everywhere. I know even I was reading a bit more about Mexico and South America, the poisoning. It's apparently, it's, I mean, as aside from being extremely cruel, it's not even cost effective for them. It's actually much more even cost effective to litter and spay and treat them and then put them back on the street, at least healthy. They're not only poisoning the dog, they're poisoning the earth. That as well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I remember. Maybe, uh, I don't know, hopefully in a couple of years, we'll, uh, we'll have great news and say the culling has stopped completely. And yes. My aim is to get at least half of the canine population tagged in Tangier in the next couple of years if we get the funding uh, if we don't get the funding then at least a quarter mm -hmm. uh, we'll get there we'll get there absolutely absolutely what would you say is the absolute best part of the work that you do your absolute favorite part uh, when I go out in town and I see the community stroking the, the tag dogs <laughs> And I see the community, um, this dog, they put a kennel for her outside the restaurant. Oh. Uh, uh, when I see this lady walking her dogs and a few tag dogs follow her as well. <laughs> uh, when the street guardians or people call me telling me one of your dogs is limping, can you help him? Uh, it's amazing. So the community getting involved and seeing the fruits seeing the fruits of your labor, the compassion. Absolutely. I just love that. I just love that. And seeing my dogs, tag dogs, sunbathing. Because, you know, there are so many. We've got big roundabouts with lawns on them. And for some reason, they love roundabouts. So they're just lying there peacefully and knowing nobody's going to kill them. So, yeah, they feel, they feel safe now. They know that people care about them. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, 
because people know and, and you go to the souk for instance and you hear people saying to others oh don't worry about that dog she's uh, vaccinated she's no danger and and then people name them as well because the oh. person didn't name them and i'm naming everybody and uh, and, and I'm amazing. we're making progress huge progress absolutely but we will get there absolutely that's amazing see that shift in people you said you're starting to name them where they're almost like a pet <laughs> their own yeah absolutely um just looking down at the call the questions that i have here that i wanted to know so many different things i talk too I'm much sure. that's my problem you talk about my questions so. yeah <laughs> i'm sure you've had so many different amazing stories of animals that you've rescued is there maybe one in particular that really comes to mind that you think back and think, you know, wow, this was such a huge transformation of when we found this dog and we found this cat and where they are today. I'm actually gonna tell you about a donkey. Oh, a donkey. <laughs> divine, divine, divine was, wasn't fully grown yet and she was savaged by dogs. Oh my and goodness. just left there to die and by, in the village and by pure luck, we were driving up, doing our rounds, and we saw like a cloud of flies. So we stopped, Mustafa, who's my manager, and myself, and realized it was a baby donkey, and she had maggots coming out from all over the place. Oh my goodness. Wow. Oh my goodness. Absolutely horrendous. Can imagine. And we picked her up and put her in our car, and she went straight to the vet. My vet is an amazing man. He's a godsend, he really is. He looked at me, he said, this is really serious. She 50% chance that she'll survive this. I said, let's try everything we can. So we had to shave her and wash all the wounds at the vets and treat all the wounds. And obviously she was given a full anesthetic, but she had holes everywhere. Oh my goodness. She turning to the wounds. And then I took her to the sanctuary and you know, to pick her up, he just didn't know how to pick her up without hurting her. Because she was so, um, she, she was wounded everywhere. Everywhere. And treating her daily, morning and evening, and giving her the injections. And I used to cry, because I knew I used to hurt her. And I used to say to her, my poor divine, I'm so, so sorry. Mommy's doing this for you to get better. And at night time, we'd pick her up and lie her down on a mattress with a pillow and cover up with a sheet because it was summer. There were loads of flies. Mm -hmm. to make sure that flies wouldn't her. And then the mornings again, pick her up and then all over again, the injections and the treating and the that. And she survived. Aww. And she's the most amazing donkey. And guess what? She became a mum a few days ago. Oh, no way. Yes, because we didn't castrate blackberries soon enough. The naughty <laughs> didn't drop, and we thought he was safe, and he wasn't. He so far has fathered five babies. Oh. So we've got five babies. <laughs> <laughs> around all the monkeys. <laughs> it, it took two months for Divine to, to get better. And she also, it's, it's incredible, incredible that she survived. Oh, that's amazing. To treat her, but it's so uh, you know you see her now. She's like a dog, and she'll come push you and and come and tickle me. And uh, 
Well, she's amazing, absolutely amazing. And her baby's just like her, Blueberry. It's just <laughs> like her. That's an awesome name, by the way. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's, that would be incredible. You can't imagine like looking back to where she was and where she is now, you're saying she's like, to the point where she's a dog, you know, she follows you around and comes to you. She's amazing. And you know the thing that's incredible? She's not scared of dogs. No. <laughs> With all the barking, you would think after being savage by a dog, she'd be terrified. She right. wasn't. She forgave <laughs> Well, these were dogs in, in, in the village. I mean, uh, you know, this happens. It can happen. Uh, but, you know, dogs are animals after all. And it can happen. A pack of dogs go for a donkey. Obviously, it doesn't happen in the sanctuary. Our animals are safe. But, um, you know, uh, I expected her to be terrified of right. dogs. Not at all. Right, with good reason. But, again, kind of another She's lesson. She lives with dogs, and Leah, Leah the dogs absolutely adores the vine and curls up with her, with her and her baby. So Aww. she loves them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of another lesson that we as humans can learn from animals too. A lot of the times we've been through, I mean, different kinds of really horrible trauma and we would have a really bad perspective of, you know, a certain type of animal or all animals or a certain type of person of a certain culture. And just yet another lesson of, just because you were hurt at this moment in time, something happened to you, there's always room for compassion, forgiveness, and a happy, healthy life. Like she's living now with you there. Yes. So that's super yeah, I think actually now that you mentioned it, I saw, because I follow you guys on social media, on um, Instagram, I think I saw a picture recently of a baby donkey. I'm going to presume maybe that was her baby then. Well, maybe because we've had five berries lately. So, okay. blueberry, strawberry, gooseberry. Oh, <laughs> no, you know, yeah, no berries because blackberry is the dad. Okay. So, they're all little. You know, um, he, was, he was rescued when his, well, his mother was rescued and she was pregnant with him. Oh. Uh, oh. And uh, obviously. We, we castrate all our male donkeys, but Blackberry, his testicles just didn't drop. So we thought, he's okay. Well, obviously, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he made babies, five of them so far. Been a busy blueberry. Yeah. Very busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd love to learn a little bit more about what, what's the vision that you have for the next 12 months for SFT Animal Sanctuary? What are some of the key goals you'd like to achieve over the next year? Right, well, what I would love is to have huge panels around the city of the tag dogs saying, I'm your friend, I'm vaccinated. I'd love that all over the city. Mm -hmm. uh, somehow we're going to make it happen. Uh, for every dog that we see on the streets to be well cared for and to be tagged and safe. Uh, and for times you know, to become a city where, you know, animals are really part of the community and accepted as part of the community and more and more and more is happening. Absolutely. And, uh, and more and more and more and stop the culling once and for all. Exactly. Yeah, that would be amazing if there could be a big, um, big decrease in that over the next year. 
just by the sheer authorities, right, getting to the right authorities and having the right people in high places have a change of heart. Absolutely. So what can we, what can I, anyone that's watching this right now, how can we help support you in doing that? Share as much as possible about us. Uh, you could even write a letter to the Wilaya here in Tangier saying how wonderful it is to have tag dogs and congratulations for winning the awards for eradicating, you know, or the contribution to prevent rabies. That would be a huge help saying that it's wonderful to have Morocco on the map fighting rabies. Because it's true, we put Morocco on the map. Uh, and uh, any donation is always welcome. Of course. <laughs> Absolutely. So if any of us wanted to uh, contribute financially to this amazing, amazing cause, where can we do that? Okay. You can either click on a website and then you've got the donor box and you've got the option to donate in dollars, pounds, any currency you want. Or you could do a bank transfer to a Moroccan account and the details are on the website as well. Okay, perfect. So after we finish up, I'm going to link um, the donations link down there, down in the comments, so that if anyone wants to contribute, they're free to do so if they have it in their heart. And yes, I really hope that you get the funding and all kinds of education attention that you need over the next year to make those goals happen. Thank you. Thank you. So Thank the you. last question that I just wanted to ask was, what is the legacy that you would that you hope is going to be left behind the legacy that you are leaving behind in the world what would you hope that is animals and humans living in harmony That's one thing. Mm -hmm. peace and harmony between animals and humans yeah i absolutely love that i agree 100 percent. and i've as i said i'm extremely honored that you were willing to come here and talk to me today and to inspire and educate anyone that's been watching and we will definitely definitely be sharing more about your mission and your vision and i wish you nothing but the best in everything that you're doing that's very kind thank you so much for inviting me and um uh keep in touch absolutely absolutely and maybe one day we can even visit i would love to maybe visit you guys one day so we'll, you are very welcome to come and you will love it. You will love oh, it. I'm sure. Okay, oh, well, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. -bye. Take care.